Welcome to Red, White, and Confused. I'm your host, Heather Evans. This week on the show kicks off our election interviews with candidates across the southwestern Virginia districts running for various positions in 2023. Red, White, and Confused is part of the weekly lineup at WEHC. In the Emory area, you can find us on 90.7. In Wise, we are 90.5. In Clintwood, 90.3. In Norton, 91.7. And in Pound, 91.3. Our first set of interviews this week come from Wise County with the candidates who are running for the clerk of the circuit court. I have sent an invitation to all of the candidates who are planning to run in this county. And today, the show will feature two of those candidates. So first up, is Robert England. Robert, thanks for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. So I want to start with a little bit of your background. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and why you decided to run this year in Wise County? Yes, I'm actually a native of Wise County, so born and raised. Uh, Graduated from Pound High School, which is no longer existent, in 1987. Uh, met my wife shortly after that. She's a graduate of Pound High School, 1989, and we were married in 1992. So we've been married for over 30 years. Uh, three boys, uh, Nick, who is deceased, and Daniel, uh, who is a graduate of UVA-wise. Nick was also a graduate of UVA-wise. Daniel's graduate of UVA-wise and currently in graduate school, finishing up his doctorate degree. And Jack is attending UVA Wise as a freshman this year. So uh, just to, that was just a little bit about my family. I started in the criminal justice field in 1987 with Big Stone Gap Police Department and was promoted not too long after that. So I was promoted at 20 years old to head up their uh, communications division. Not long after that, uh, 1991, I was hired at Wise Police Department and kind of finished out my full-time law enforcement career with them. At that point, I made a transition to K-12 education to actually head up a criminal justice program, which was a new idea at the high school level, and helped found many of Virginia's criminal justice programs at the high school level that we have today. Um, While doing K-12 education, I jumped into school administration. So I was a high school principal for a few years, and was able to uh, work my way into that position from uh, a promotion standpoint. Supervised quite a few people. So in that position, I managed over 100 people. Uh, We had county budget. We had state budgets that we dealt with and obviously federal grants. So I supervised a lot of people, kind of cut my teeth on executive level leadership at that point. And that that was a great experience. I really enjoyed myself. And that's when I knew that um, my calling was definitely in higher level leadership. So I enjoyed that, enjoyed uh, the people and everything that came with that. Not long after that, school system was kind of in a consolidation situation. So I had an opportunity to jump to higher education, went to Mountain Empire as criminal justice professor in 2005. And uh, not long after that, found myself in an administrative role there. So I, I served as their dean for a couple of years and was able to supervise again well over 100 people, managed uh, millions of dollars in federal grants in that position. 
and obviously had to deal with contracts and paychecks and uh, employee evaluations and all the things that somebody would do in a leadership position, which was also very rewarding. Uh, after a couple of years standing that in an interim role, I stepped back into my teaching role and did that for several years and then found the opportunity. Uh, the college needed a uh, police chief kind of in a bind. And that was my background in law enforcement. So I served as their campus police chief in addition to teaching that year at the same time. So also got to cut my teeth again as a um, executive level position in, in law enforcement and kind of find my way back into that. So really uh, just taking that experience and some of my background and my wife and I talking about it and praying about it for a number of years. This is my 36th year in public service. And if you count the 36 years that I have and the 25 or 26 years that she has, we have over 60 years of combined public service experience. And so I wanted to uh, take that experience and do something that I felt like would benefit the people of Wise County. I'd had really uh, probably at least a couple hundred people that had approached me and said, Robert, you should consider getting into politics. We need good people in office and you've got a lot of experience and you have a lot to offer to folks. And obviously uh, in that 36 years, I had developed some pretty strong relationships and both sides of our family, my wife and I's family have been in the county for well over 150 years. So we had very strong ties and very strong um, sense of community and what we needed to do from a public service standpoint. So it just kind of lined up. We were empty nesters. Our boys were grown and moved on and, and we found ourselves in an empty house trying to figure out what do you do with the last part of your career? So for me, I wanted to do something that would benefit the folks of Wise County and put my experience to practice and just see what we could do so you know that's really the, the the pure reason behind it i'm not a politician so it really surprised me when a lot of people said you you should consider getting into politics but i think it's because of the friendships and relationships that we had with so many people yeah now i know that many in wise county might be listening right now and thinking to themselves well what in the world does the clerk of the circuit the circuit court office even do so what can you tell our listeners a little bit about what is that job like what would be your primary responsibilities well there's there's over 800 responsibilities that the clerk has so if you look at what the code of virginia says and all the different things that the clerk has to do it i don't think we would have time to cover each one of those functions but in, in its basic format obviously they would be uh, very closely associated and advising uh, public safety, whether that be law enforcement or uh, helping advise judges, helping advise the Commonwealth attorney. Obviously, they would be dealing with court management, making sure the docket was in place and that all the court proceedings were recorded the way that they needed to be recorded. And then there would also be the land management records that would have to be in place, any probate situation with, with wills or jury duty would also be there, concealed weapon permits, passports. Um, it, it's really a lot of management, uh, and I believe that the clerk's position, quite honestly, is an executive level leadership position. 
So that person would go into the office and they would make sure that the folks that are in place already, that things were kind of playing themselves out the way that they needed to. But anything that would be a court related service or a land management service, wills, anything that would deal with attorneys, Commonwealth attorney, obviously that would be the responsibility of the clerk. Uh, on top of that, and one of the reasons that I think it's a, an executive leader, leadership position is because you would be managing people and there would be a lot of people to deal with day in and day out. So we really need somebody that can walk into that position that has managed people before that understands budgets, that understands how to do a state budget, that understands the folks in Richmond, the legislative process, how that you would be awarded state level grants, federal level grants, people that have signed a paycheck. You know, I've had to hire people, I've had to fire people, um, I, I've had to do things that are tough in a leadership position and I'm experienced in that. So really this election is about hiring to some degree through an election process, somebody that has that experience that can make sure these 800 functions are handled the way they need to be handled. And, you know, we're kind of in a, in a tipping point in Wise County. You know, I've said for a number of years, we've seen population decline and we've seen industry come in and out of the county. And you need somebody that even in a clerk's position that can represent us in Richmond. And I think I'm that person. I think when I walk in the door, I know I've done it before, as I told you before the interview, I'm in DC. So when I walk into meetings, I know people. And when I walk into meetings in, in Richmond, I, I'm gonna be known. It's not gonna be an introductory process. It's gonna be, hey, how's it been going? And tell us what we can do. So that's, that's really what I'm after. And I just wanna represent the people in the courthouse and make sure they have a strong leader in there. So I did a little Googling on the website for the clerk of the circuit court, and I noticed there are a lot of things that Wise County has the ability to do online right now. Things like e-filing, criminal and civil litigation, real estate records, even applying for the concealed handgun yeah. permit. Um, so under your leadership, if you do get the, the position, do you plan to continue those online services for residents? Yeah, I would. You know, one of the, uh, I hate to call it a platform, but, you know, I think one of the things that we would need to do is make sure, first of all, first and foremost, we need to be accountable to people. And, you know, not being a politician, I've heard so many politicians, especially at the local level, say, you know, I'm only accountable to people during the election year. So I'm only accountable every four years. In this position, it would be every eight years. And I've heard that said from um, either town council folks or uh, just other elected officials. Just let me leave it at that. And I think first and foremost, the clerk has to be accountable every single day. So you have to be accountable and you have to be accessible. So when people walk into the courthouse, the clerk needs to be there. And if the clerk is not there, the clerk needs to be accessible in some other fashion. So one thing I've done during my campaign has been to put my personal cell phone number out. And that's something that I've, I've not hidden. I've told people, if you need me, you call. So I would, I would do the same thing. So from an access standpoint, accessibility of the office, obviously we would need to continue a lot of the things that, that are taking place right now. Uh, I think there's things that we can do differently, and I think there's things that we can maybe do more efficiently 
And really one of the main concerns that I've run into with folks talking about the electronic system that's in place, uh, I had a meeting, a meet and greet the other night and I had actually somebody that has a degree in information technology and they said, Robert, there's a real concern with cybersecurity and identity theft and title theft and you know what what is in place that would prevent that from happening and that's obviously something i would need to take a look at to make sure that we had the proper vendors that were providing services through the e-filing and the litigation and some of the other things that you were discussing we need to make sure that those vendors and those systems are secure but we uh, you know i'm all for making the information even more accessible if we can, but it needs to, we need to be really careful that it's in a secure environment. And then another thing that I think we can do that we're not doing in the courthouse is uh, a lot of those systems are not communicating with the other constitutional offices. So there's not a really good segue between the system that's in place, let's say to the sheriff's office or maybe to the commissioner of revenue or even to the treasurer's office. And since the clerk is dealing with land records, obviously there's some things that we would need to connect up with the commissioner's office for assessments to help them. And from criminal record standpoint, we need to be able to help the sheriff's office as much as we can and have access to attorneys. So, you know, that's, and with citizens too, you know, if you walk in with a document and you say, hey, I need this, this filed. Well, a lot of the electronic filing we need to make sure that if you don't have that in an electronic format, that we're providing that services for the citizens and they don't have to go to an take an additional step to go to an attorney and have that done. done. Well, I have a ton of questions that I want to ask you, but unfortunately we have limited time, but I want to put in one more question. And this is like, I like to ask all candidates this, this is the elevator speech. So this is your two minute elevator speech. Tell our listeners right now, you're selling yourself. Why should they come out and vote? Because I know you're going to have a primary first. Why should they consider you for the primary to, to, to win the primary? Well, one thing that I've always said from a leadership standpoint is you need to find somebody that's doing the job, a leadership job, and then you give them a title. And so often what we do is we give somebody a title and pray that they become a leader. And becoming a leader is, that's just not something that happens. You know, we can use a lot of examples uh, throughout history and even in modern history, modern political history, where you could say on paper, this person looks like they could do a good job and then they get elected to a certain position and you you just think, oh my goodness, they've blown it. You know, this is a horrible choice. And the thing that I think that citizens can uh, rest easy on with me is when I've hired people, I've always tried to hire people first on integrity, but I really try to hire folks that I look at and say, why have peace of mind with this person? Do I know that they're a good person? They do the job. Are they capable? Are they competent? Quite honestly, that uh, when you compare me to the other candidates, you have that peace of mind. You have somebody that has a 36 year track record of doing jobs and doing them quite honestly to a very high standard to the point that people were satisfied and I've been able to move from position to position. And not only in what I would call followership positions, 
but in leadership positions, you know, it's not easy leading over a hundred people. And I've done that in two, two different settings and I've done it effectively. I've written grants, gone through audits, signed paychecks, written contracts, done performance evaluations, managed, organized. I mean, I could go down the line for 20 minutes and tell you the things that I've done. And the thing that I think is an affirmation to me, not only having that experience, but doing a good job is some of the, the people that were my leaders in those positions when I was in leadership positions were some of the folks that reached out and said, Robert, you need to run for office. And when you do, I want to sign in my yard. I want to be the very first one. So my actually my current boss right now at the college was he got the first sign. And some of my some of my other bosses that I've had, they have signs in their yard and they said, we're going to endorse you. And I, th I think to me, that's a real testimony to the job that I've done and the relationships that I've formed, that people have witnessed me work hard and do the things that I need to do. And let me just add this real quickly, too. I know you're almost out of time. You know, what uh, what what I do off the clock is just as important to me. So I've been um, involved on all kinds of volunteer boards. I serve on the board at UVA Wise on the foundation board. My family and I have helped establish our late son, Nick. We've established uh, 23 scholarships in his name. We've raised hundreds of thousands of dollars in the last four or five years. But I volunteer on numerous boards, don't get paid a penny to do it. That's what I want to do. So even at the end of the day, when I clock out, I'm still uh, going home, kind of changing clothes, doing my thing and serving the community. And that's what I want to continue to do. Well, thanks again for being on the show. So if anyone out there is listening and would like to volunteer on your campaign, how can they do so? Well, like I told you earlier, I'm I'm putting my telephone number out there. So. Tell you what, you don't have to announce it on the show. What we'll do is okay. we'll link it up on the post that goes on live on Facebook. Okay. But yes, so you everyone can reach out to Robert uh, individually and personally. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I've always said I want to be accessible. And that's the one thing that I've prided myself on is when people call, I respond. And I'm quick to do that because I know people's time is uh, is valuable to them and it's valuable to me. And so, yes, if they want to help in any way, we'd uh, we'd be happy to have you on board. We have a, a great group of people that's doing that right now, but I'm not going to tell anybody no. Uh, obviously on primary day, we'll need all the help we can get, but thank you for having me. And I really appreciate your time. Well, thanks for being on the show and good luck on your election. Thank you.